She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. I believe it's a crisis, but call it what you will. Uh, the challenge of not knowing who's coming in and out of our country and what drugs or people or uh, illicit materials might be coming across our southern border is real. We need to take serious action against them. The president's executive order does just that. This isn't your dad's Democratic Party anymore. This is a whole new different Democratic Party. This is the one where half of them, you know, sit on their hands when the president says we won't be socialist. I'm, I don't know how much of school I'm going to attend, but I'm going to go in and talk to my deans and everyone and hope that I can try and balance it all. Um, but I do want the experience of like game days, partying. I don't really care about school, as you guys all know. <laughs> And now, Stacey Washington. Welcome to the program. I'm back in my home studio after what was just an amazingly providential day yesterday because we had this huge tree blowover, and so it knocked our power out for just, like, basically my neighborhood and two or three other subdivisions were just all without power, and it was about an hour before the show was supposed to start. Welcome to the show here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. I'm Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the Right. I'm just launching into the story, okay? And happy Friday to you. So yesterday, it's about an hour before the show is going to start. I'm just sitting here in the office, you know, in the little home studio, you know, just tapping out a little this and that and adjusting my show sheet, and the power flickers, and then a minute later it goes off. And so I'm sitting there thinking, It'll come back on. It'll come back on. Two minutes after that, I submit a power outage thing on the Ameren UE site. And before you know it, it reports back that there are hundreds of homes that are without power. So I immediately start thinking, what's going to happen? I hit the enter button. You know, you just touch uh, enter on your phone. And they'll tell you when they expect to have it back on. And they said 5 o'clock. So 5 o'clock for me means an hour after this show is supposed to be over, then they would give power back. So I immediately start thinking, where can I go? And, I, and obviously, I have actually been on like every talk station in St. Louis, uh, except KTRS. I I've never been on theirs. But everybody else, I've been either in their studio live or I've remoted in. You know, I've, I've been on all of them. So I know all the program directors. And I thought, who can help me out here? And I immediately thought of the good people over at BOT. They also happen to be not too far away from me. So... I sent oh I just made a quick phone call and they were so happy to allow me to borrow one of their studios so that I could still do the show because we had our first interview with the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee Rona McDaniel and let me tell you she's not an easy person to nail down for an interview and so I'm so grateful to my good friends over at the RNC for making that possible and for our good friends over at Bot Christian Radio so we're all in the ministry field together and it's an interesting thing about Christian Radio that um, in every industry, you're competitive. Obviously, everybody wants to do their best and achieve their best. But in Christian radio, we tend to be much more mission-oriented, which means that there's just, it's just a camaraderie there. But I've actually never had a situation where I wanted to broadcast from a city like D.C. or anywhere, really, um, where I've reached out to a program director and they haven't said yes. Program directors, if you've ever been on their air, if you've ever filled in for them as a guest host, they're always so kind about letting you borrow their facility for your own program. It's like just industry courtesy. So it was really great to be able to do that. Um, and it was it was kind of energetic. I, since we didn't have video, I could hear my producer Devin in my ear, which I'm used to having a lot more uh, communication between producer and, and host. 
And we have so many things going on with all the live streams that it's a little different. So it was just fun all the way around. Really grateful for their assistance yesterday. And I'm grateful that we have a fantastic show planned for you today. So today on the program, we're going to speak to Ash Shao. You know, she's been on before. She's a senior editor at The Daily Wire. And she's going to talk about Adam Schiff hiring a prosecutor turned pundit. This is important because these people have a lot of power over what legislation makes it to their their member, what the member sees, hears, who they speak to, what interviews they do, et cetera, et cetera. So it's important for us to know when they hire someone um, that might be a little out of the ordinary. We are also going to be talking about this college admission scandal. And I kind of waited to really weigh in on it because I wanted to get more a more complete picture of exactly what this was. What what are we doing? Like what? What is happening in American uh, education surrounding this scandal? And I honestly, when I first heard the story, everything is a bombshell, you know, groundbreaking, yada, yada, yada. They always use those terms to describe every scandal. So I thought, yeah, a few Hollywood parents, you know, few super rich people paid to get their kids into a couple of schools. Well, it turns out, since I have waited and read and listened and watched that this really is a huge scandal. This really has deprived well, uh, well-qualified kids, well-qualified kids, meaning kids with great test scores and great educational backgrounds in high school. They've been deprived of slots at elite colleges and universities all over the country by the children of wealthy individuals who have used this racketeering scheme set up by Mr. Singer to get their kids into schools where their kids didn't belong. And I just, I will say one thing before, because we're going to do our encouragement and then we're going to listen to this. It's a, it's a news piece about Lori Laughlin. And what's so ironic about all of this um, is, first of all, Lori Laughlin and her husband, who, who happens to be the designer of the Massimo clothing line, Massimo is his first name, the one that's at Target. Now, if you're like me and you haven't been in Target in five years, but you were in there a lot before that, you remember that the Massimo clothing brand is the, the one that's, they have the most racks of, Moth, of Massimo clothing. Like out of all the racks, you'd say maybe 35 or 40% of them are Massimo clothing. And if you had like, we have daughters, our son doesn't care what clothes, like he just, you know, but the daughters, they care. And so we would go in and our daughters would invariably end up almost every Sunday wearing a little Massimo dress because when they're sick of it, first of all, they don't wear out. It's an amazing clothing line because the dresses don't seem to wear out. You just wash them, put them back up. They don't lose their color. They don't lose their shape and they don't wear out. And the girls would outgrow them before they would be worn out. So I would buy these little $18 dresses and they would wear them to church. They'd wear them to run around in the yard. They would go everywhere in them. And I loved them. So I thought it was interesting that this story connects up to Target, the store, which we are currently boycotting here at American Family Radio, American Family Association. We are boycotting Target still to this day because of their gender-confused bathroom and changing room situation. And that the other part of the story connects up to his wife, who's a Hollywood actress, who has always played these clean, above-board like squeaky, squeaky clean roles in Hollywood where she's actually said, don't cheat, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't go outside of the bounds of what's permitted, what's, what's allowed. So it's, it's just a crazy story. So we're going to get into that today on the program. Alan Dershowitz did an interview where he actually explained how the actions taken by Singer and everyone who participated actually amounts to RICO violations, which is organized crime and racketeering. And when you listen to his description of how, this was an 
a business that spanned many different states, many different individuals, many different colleges and universities, and multiple businesses that are associated with the entire scheme. And if, if you're like our family where we had one kid go to college last year, we have one going this year, and we're, we're basically mired down in that process. Like a third of everything that we do has to do with making sure that every I has been dotted and every T has been crossed to get our son's college, you know, get, get everything launched off so he can go in the fall. And, you know, it's, I, I just have so many feelings about this. So much of what we've been going through, obviously it has to do with how much you want to pay for your kid to go to college, how much you want to borrow, how much you've saved to prepare for this moment, but it also depends on your kid's preparation. And if your kid is just going by their own ability and what they can do to think that they would be pushed out and not have an opportunity because some other person paid, it's just boggles the mind. So I have more to say about that, um, and we'll listen to this audio in just a second. But first, I want to get to the encouragement for today, which is 2 Thessalonians 3.5. Now, 2 Thessalonians 3.5, oh, this is so good, y'all. Okay, let's do, I'm looking at my different versions here. Let's do King James. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. Now, the English Standard Version says, may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Now, I love that. When the cross-reference for this, obviously, 1 Thessalonians 3.11, the verse just before, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. Another cross-reference is Revelation 1.9, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance that are in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and my testimony, because of the word of God and my testimony about Jesus. And then we can also look at um, Psalm 119.5 and 36. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Um, and the Lord thy God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your seed to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. And that's Deuteronomy 36, uh, 30, chapter 30, verse 6. So what is this? What, what, what is so encouraging about this? Well, what's encouraging about this to me is that we can pray that God would direct our hearts to love him and to have the same perseverance that Christ Jesus had. So the perseverance that Christ Jesus had is extraordinary because first of all, he was God made flesh. So he had the ability to, with his very thoughts, change everything around him. He was in control of all time and space while he was here on earth, robed in flesh. He could do anything he wanted to do, but instead of doing anything he wanted to do, fixing any wrong, righting any wrong, you know, changing people's hearts and minds, transmuting the, the gospel to every single per person on the face of the planet, he did it the way he would have to do it if he were a human being, which meant reigning in and controlling all of that unlimited power that he had so that he could have the full experience of being a human person, the sickness, the hunger, the tiredness, the need for sleep, the the ability to be offended and be annoyed, all of that stuff. He experienced all of that uh, so that he would know the true meaning of, of humanity, what we go through, because we are these fallen human beings and we, we can't get out of this. We don't have any power that we're holding back and, you know, that we could exercise to get out of our condition. So that's the first thing. Christ's perseverance is demonstrated in that. It's also demonstrated in the fact that he knew the weight of the sin of every human being that had ever lived and would ever live was enough to break him and make him cry out on the cross for God to pass it from him. Yet he endured, yet he persevered. 
And so when this verse says, may the Lord direct your hearts, in other words, we would pray that the Lord would direct our hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. That's the kind of perseverance that God wants us to pray to him to give to us that he is willing to give to us so that we can endure any slight, any offense, any hardship, any trial, any tribulation. And that's encouraging. That means there's a wellspring of courage, uh, perseverance, stick to amazing things, a wellspring of that that is available to us through prayer from our Father in heaven that will make us more like Christ. That is pretty encouraging to coast into the weekend on. So the verse that I'm talking about here again, if you want to look it up for yourself, is 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 5. Um, actually, I said 3, verse 11 was just before that. It's not. 1 Thessalonians 3, 5 is the first verse that I read. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. And then the cross-reference was 1 Thessalonians 3.11. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. Um, so check that out. It, it's encouraging. And this weekend, don't forget to get into the pew on what, whichever day you like, Saturday, Sunday, which, whatever is your day. Um, don't forget to do that and enjoy the weekend unplugged, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, thanks for that. Now, let me see how much, how many minutes are on this little bit of audio that I that I pulled here for this piece. Um, Because I don't know if I have time to get to it right this second. I hope I do. Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. So let's listen to number seven. Tonight, career fallout for actress Lori Loughlin, days after rushing back from the set of her Hallmark show to face arrest in that college admissions scandal. The network saying in a statement, we are no longer working with Lori Loughlin. You've worked very hard for your success. You should be proud of yourself. The former Full House star and her fashion designer husband accused of paying $500,000 in bribes to land their daughters at USC, posing them as recruits for the crew team. <laughs> Her youngest daughter, Olivia, learning of the charges during spring break aboard a yacht owned by the chairman of the USC Board of Trustees. USC taking swift action, telling us that so far they have identified six students in the current application process as being connected to this scheme, and they will be denied admission. So what is truly sad is that the parents did this on behalf of the kids and the kids didn't know. So the kids were unaware that they were in, in most of these cases, the kids are unaware that they their parents were bribing and falsifying their uh, their admissions exams, the you know, SAT, ACT, all of that was going on. The kids didn't actually know about it. The other thing that's so sad is that Lori Laughlin and her husband are both extraordinarily successful Americans. Who, neither of them have a college degree. They wanted college degrees for their kids so much and the kids were not educationally minded that they went to these links and now they're going to go to jail because of it. Amazing. When we get back, we'll have Ash Chow for you. Stay right there. When an abortion-minded woman walks into a pre-born pregnancy center, she encounters love and compassion and gets to meet her baby by ultrasound. And I was like, I'm gonna go to the abortion clinic. And I already had my mind made up. This mom didn't make it to the abortion clinic. Instead, God led her to a preborn center. And the lady is giving me my ultrasound. She's like making these weird faces. And then she's like, it's two. And I'm like, I just start crying. I start texting my friends and like, I can't. The Ministry of Preborn was able to help this mom save not just one life, but two through ultrasounds. Preborn centers help save babies' lives and souls. 
Preborn runs and leads Christian pregnancy centers all over the country. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. Hi, I'm Crawford Lorenz with the Legacy Moment. You've probably heard the expression sophomore jinx. While it refers to a year or time after a season of success, what usually happens is you, you get a little lazy and you rest and you end up not doing quite as well. It happens with college students, athletes, businessmen, and yes, it happens to Christians as well. Bad things happen when you get too comfortable. In verses 4 and 5 of Joshua chapter 22, there's a sober warning. Joshua told the people, And now the Lord your God has given rest to your brothers. As he spoke to them, therefore turn now and go to your tents to the land of your possessions. Only be very careful to observe the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God and walk in all his ways, keep his commandments and hold fast to him and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. There are three principles to hold on to here. One, realize that God has brought you to where you are. An old Negro spiritual says, If it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? Number two, enjoy what God has done for you. He says, Go back to your tents and enjoy the land that you have. Enjoy it, but it comes from God, not you. Number three, don't relax spiritually. He says, Observe the commandments of the Lord, love him with all your heart, walk in his ways, keep his commandments. Well, here's what I want you to remember today. God has been good to us. Let's not use his goodness to make us complacent. Let's avoid spiritual sophomore jinx. Instead, may his grace, love, and mercy encourage us to love him more and to follow him more closely. For more information, go to livingalegacy.org, livingalegacy.org. You can download episodes of Stacy of the Right from the podcast page on AFR.net or UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Welcome back to the program. It's my pleasure to uh, have join us Ash Shao. She is a senior editor over at the Daily Wire, which is one of our favorite sites. Uh, lots of news and information over there, dailywire.com. Ash, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. So um, let's talk about this. Schumer has a new employee. What's going on? Oh, Chuck Schumer? Yeah. Or sorry, Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff has a new employee, a prosecutor of some sort. <laughs> right. Uh, Schiff hired a prosecutor turned pundit in order to lead his myriad investigations into Donald Trump, including his own investigation on Russia collusion. But the interesting thing about this uh, prosecutor, he's now a, uh, you know, a pundit on left-wing media, is that he already believes in what the outcome is going to be in the investigation. So while he claims that this is going to be a professional investigation and that Schiff is going to run a more professional investigation than former House Intel Chair Devin Nunez, when you already claim to know the outcome of your investigation, there's no way it can be professional or unbiased. Yeah, and so, but 
I'm, I, my big deal here is why does he get to hire anybody in the first place? What am I missing here about him? I thought we already had a, a full team of people with the Mueller investigation whose task was to find out if there was collusion. Why do we need this guy? Uh, Democrats want yet another insurance policy in case Mueller doesn't find what they think or hope he's going to find. And it doesn't look like Mueller is going to find that. I mean, look at the indictments he's brought down. They're process crimes and fraud crimes that have nothing to do with Russian collusion. And so Democrats started panicking earlier this year that their hopes and dreams of Trump being somehow magically removed from the presidency, and I guess, I don't know, Hillary Clinton arising into it out of pure hope and joy, uh, is not going to come to fruition. So now Schiff is saying, oh, well, the Mueller probe, it's not as expansive as it needs to be. And there is all these people he's not talking to that he needs to talk to, as if Schiff really knows what's going on over there. And so Schiff is saying, we're going to talk to all those people, you know, we're going to continue with the investigation. So, And then, oh, also the other committees that are looking into Trump's taxes, his business, his children, you know, whatever they wanted, you know, his Melania's father's stepfather's cousin, you know, like whatever oh. they think they're going to find on Trump. But what, what's funny about all of this is, could, let's let Ash just put this on the other foot, okay? Let's let's say it was the Republicans who sent out eighty some odd subpoenas and were investigating, you know, maybe uh, Barack Obama's siblings because he has a lot of half siblings. Um, the ones that I think there was one that was in the country illegally for a time. So there was he has a whole lot of interesting family things too. Imagine if the Republicans had made this big of a deal out of his family or how he was able to, you know, enlarge his his wealth and his empire while he was president. Would this have been tolerated? Something in me says no. Absolutely not. If Republicans were issuing subpoenas because they wanted, you know, oh, Obama didn't release enough of his taxes or we want to look into his community organizing days or we're going to start subpoenaing everybody, uh, all his colleges for his college records, you know, that mm. we never got. We're going to look into every aspect of his life, of Michelle's life, you know, and, and dig through that just to, because we know something bad is there that'll get him impeached or he's going to look. The media would be all over how absurd this is. But of course, when it's Adam Schiff and it's against Republicans, then Adam Schiff is like the hero we need. But it's, this isn't heroism. It's a waste of taxpayer dollars, and it's a real distraction. I, I saw this uh, piece about the Equality Act. Uh, Pelosi has put that forward. That's a bill that would elevate, um, you know, gender or identity expression uh, up to the same level as a protected class. Like, you know, race and gender are already in the uh, protected classes. But there's so many other problems that we have going on in the country right now that are serious that need legislative action Yet they're 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 undertaking these really, in my opinion, unserious uh, tasks like the Equality Act and and these investigations into the Trump family. How do they think they're going to win doing these things instead of addressing like the fentanyl crisis or the opioid epidemic or or, or or the more serious things? Oh, because ultimately people aren't as focused on the opioid crisis and, and things like that. Uh, but Democrats know that division is their go-to. It's it's their bread and butter. It's, it's pretty much all they have, because otherwise they have to run against Trump's policies as saying, no, 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 vote for us. We want to raise your taxes, 
and we want to destroy your health care, and uh, we want to make sure that the borders are completely open to illegal immigrants and violent illegal immigrants. No, vote for us. You know, and like that's not a winning message, right? And then, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, kill babies, right? Like, that's not a winning message. So they have to divide people based on race, class, gender identity, religion, whatever they can in order to uh, then be claimed to be the party that's going to protect you, going to get the government to protect you as that race, gender identity, religion, disability, whatever. Right. (sighs) Unfortunately, and I have this terrible feeling in my gut that that's going to work with millions of of Americans. Like that, that is a formula they've used before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know we didn't have this like originally teed up to talk about, but I just, I, I have to ask you about this college scandal, the admission scandal with the Hollywood actresses, the, the squeaky clean Hollywood actresses who are married and have kids. And and for everybody else, all intents and purposes, these are the people I would least expect to be involved in any scandal of any kind, even marital infidelity or anything like that. These chicks are just like at the top of the heap for having these pristine families what what is going on in Hollywood? It's like it's widespread and it's rampant. This has been a real thing that they've been engaging in for a very long time now. I know. I'm fascinated by it as well. I mean, don't you know kids of parent of wealthy and famous parents just kind of get in just easily? You know, I mean, I mean that's what I thought. I thought they got in because right. they were rich and they were from Hollywood. <laughs> right, exactly. It was like, oh, you're you're William H. Macy's daughter. Come on in. Right, right. Um, you you would think that would be the case, but then you also see like there were other wealthy families that you know donate a building and get their kid in. So this was just such an odd way to go about it. And I mean, I think ultimately the ones hurt the most. I mean, obviously are the children, but not just because they got into a school that they may not have been able to get into on their own but that their parents didn't think enough of them for them to get in on their own or to succeed without going to a particular school. I mean, that's kind of upsetting to me to to think if my parents didn't believe in me. Wow. So you've just uncovered something that I hadn't even, I hadn't even thought about it from that perspective. I was just thinking of the embarrassment of the current situation, which is they're all finding out they didn't get in. They're all finding out that they got in by, some other means, which means they shouldn't be there. The other thing, um, so it's such a great point, Ash. I, I mean, but I, the other part about this is that their parents are in Hollywood where you don't need a bachelor's degree to succeed. They're living the American dream. They're multimillionaires, all of these people. And instead right. of telling their kids, you could, you could go into acting, you could go into academics, what do you want to do? They automatically assume that their kids need these degrees from Harvard and Yale, et cetera when they never raise their kids to be serious students. I mean, as, as a parent, Ash, there's, there's a few tracks you can take with your kids. If you put education as a focus starting from day one, you know, you're reading to them when they're teeny tiny babies and you just keep that going, then kids see mm-hmm. education as something huge. If you don't, if you don't say to your kids, I want you to go to college, you can do it, you're, you're smart enough, just study, then your kids will be party kids and they'll be less serious. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's what a kid wants to do and the parents are rich and they can afford it. But what, what am I missing here about these parents raising their kids as party kids, but expecting them to turn into these serious, you know, really studious academic kids once they turn 18 and get into Yale by hook or by crook? Right. You, you, you can't do that. You can't make that switch if it hasn't been there 
for for years or if it's not yeah. innate within the child. I mean, I mean, we also got to look at, you know, how much money these schools were getting. And uh, you think about, like, how high tuition is and the mm-hmm. fact that, I mean, <laughs> like, uh, college, uh, higher education is almost pretty much a scam right now. I mean, kids are better off going to trade school, learning a trade, and and making money that way because you can make really good money with a simple trade Six without figures. college debt, mm-hmm. without being yeah. dragged down by it. it I mean, it, it's honestly, it's a better path, but it, it's still so shamed in our society. I just I'm I'm just trying to figure out how like going forward because what what I keep thinking about is so I'm we're not in that situation where our kids applied to one of these extremely selective, well-known colleges and didn't get in. And so it would be like, you know, a personal affront to us as a family that our kid didn't get in. And some of these, you know, nincompoop rich kids did, but there are millions of families out there who are in that situation where their kid didn't get into USC or Yale or or Harvard and their kid had a 4.0 or 4.4. You know, nowadays you can have better than a 4.0. You can have a great SAT or ACT score and still not get into a highly selective college. Well, that's why. I mean, if you think about it, that is exactly why some people aren't getting in, even though they have these stellar academic credentials. So what now? What do you? Yeah. Well, there's already lawsuits from some of these students. I mean, they were like ready with this, like this admission scandal and then boom lawsuits from the other side so you just kind of see an even bigger higher education racket that has been created right there's the Mm -hmm. people that have uh uh, paid bribes to get their kids in and then now there's the attorneys like taking the money to sue the schools claiming well this kid probably didn't get in because that kid got it you know and and Mm -hmm. so it's just the, the amount of money that gets created out of nothing in this country is just astounding to me. Me too. Um, I, I think there's a lot of victims here. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people I said, I, I remember I was, this is like totally an anecdotal tale, but you, you will get this because you have girlfriends and you sit around with them too sometimes. And we're, you're doing the news. Like you're like sitting there talking about a news story. And I remember just talking about how Harvard and Yale and some of these schools that are so well-respected have such a leftist orientation that at some point they would cease to be as attractive and their reputations wouldn't be as stellar because a lot of Americans would just say, yeah, saying you have a degree from Yale just means you're a hardcore leftist. It doesn't mean you're super well-educated anymore. Um, you could be super well-educated, but it also means you're a hardcore leftist. Like that, that comes baked into the cake. And a couple of my girlfriends are like, nope, there's, there, you can't impugn an a, you know, educational institution like Yale or someplace like that. And I remember thinking, oh, I think I think it could happen. I'm, and I wondered, what will it take? Well, I feel like this is the answer to that question. This this story, this scandal, is the answer to what does it take to really downgrade the reputation of a stellar institution? This does it. Do you do you agree, or what do you think about that? I think this does bring it down, and I think that we might already be there with like the undergrad program here. If you think. Harvard Law or, you know, Harvard Medical, like, maybe Mm. those are less impugned, but uh, general undergrad, where you can study, you know, any any dumb thing, maybe (laughs) that's reduced. Yeah, the the gender studies, African-American studies, women's studies, those those worthless degrees, um, it it means nothing if you have a degree in that, whether it's from Harvard or from a community college, those don't mean anything. 
Right, exactly. You're still not actually contributing anything to the world. <laughs> well, Except anger and um, rage. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I, so I would think I would be more outraged about this, but I feel this sense of inevitability surrounding the whole story that is kind of depressing to me because there, there are parents out there right now who their kids are maybe in middle school and they've just crossed all the, all the universities are involved in this scandal. They've crossed those off the list of any place their kid would ever apply. And their kids might be those serious students, you know, who are in orchestra or band or, you know, they're playing instruments, they're studying STEM, they're doing actual math, like, you know, trigonometry and calculus. Those are the ones who Mm -hmm. you would want to go to those elite schools because they're going to turn out and they're going to become those research scientists and doctors and innovators that our country is known for. We have we have a broken system uh, in our higher education. It, It is for this to go on at this widespread rate and not be discovered until there was an investigation. It's just it's broken. Yeah, but it was also broken before when you see some of these Ivy League universities letting in celebrities when it's like, I, you know, I don't think it, just because they're a celebrity, correct? But you also saw, what is Harvard accepted David Hogg, the, the kid from uh, the Parkland shooting, who didn't wow. do well on his SATs or really have anything to get him into Harvard, but simply because he became famous after Parkland for being a gun control activist, he gets into Harvard, right? So you see them make decisions like that, and it really becomes not so surprising to me that they would take money to get uh, people in that also shouldn't be there. Mm. I had forgotten about David Hogg. That's a great point, <laughs> Ash. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, can't, I still can't believe he got into Harvard, honestly, because <laughs> you can tell by listening to him talk, he's not the, the smartest. He's not. He's, he does not belong there. Um, well, I, I so appreciate you delving into that topic as well. Um, I'm going to share your article from the Daily Wire over onto the Facebook page and Twitter feed um, to make sure people can read it about, uh, you know, this Adam Schiff hire. Um, we have to keep track of this stuff, and you guys do such a great job at the Daily Wire. And you're a senior editor there. The Daily Wire, uh, the website is dailywire.com. Ash, thanks for joining the show today. Thanks for having me on. All right. Talk to you again soon. Um, She really does amazing uh, journalism, reporting, writing, everything. You can type her name into the search engine and all of her pieces will come up. I love the site because they have all the like today's header over there is student loans. These are the trending topics. Student loans, AOC, Beto O'Rourke, which I wish we could just call him by his regular name, but he's known by Beto. Education, Donald Trump and Democratic Party. And you can click on any one of those and see the stories. Um, great content. And I love the when their writers have a chance to join us here on the show. Oh, so um, I'm I'm just I'm surprised by like I I don't get shocked a lot, but I feel like I'm shocked by this Um because it didn't occur to me that people who were rich, like in the 20s and 30s and 40s and $50 million kind of rich, you know, people who own more than one home, would ever bribe a university to get their kid in. It just didn't occur to me that they would do that. And so I, I have been shocked. I hope a pig doesn't fly through the window. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with more. We'll take your calls, 866-963-2037. Stay there. What does it take to be a sports success and a team player? Here's Pro Football Hall of Fame coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment. From the beginning, Hall of Famer Emmett Smith set out to be the league's leading rusher. Smith was a runner who could not be stopped. He had incredible balance and kept running hard while taking hit after hit. 
His reputation as a tough, gritty runner was cemented in Week 17 of the 1993 season. Smith separated his shoulder during the first quarter, but he stayed in the game. That day, he ran for 170 yards and caught 10 passes. The win gave the Dallas Cowboys home field advantage in the playoffs on their way to their first Super Bowl win in 15 years. Emmett Smith set a lofty goal for himself, but he had the uncommon combination of determination and skill needed to get him there. Tony Dungy, best-selling author of Quiet Strength and the Uncommon Book Series. Discover more at CoachDungy.com. Listen, do you really know who Jesus is? And let me help you to know who he is. You think about all of these kind of false Jesuses that are floating around social media. Oh, you know the Jesus. You know, you got the ethnocentric Jesus. You got the political Jesus, left-wing Jesus. You know, all these popular Jesuses. But, but the question I think all of us need to ask is, will the real Jesus stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. Tuned in to Equipped, weekday afternoons at 12 Central on Urban Family Talk. Family is an institution set forth by God, one man and one woman for life, with the outflow being children produced by that union. It's obvious to all that there is an attack on the family in our country, and especially on fathers. Whether it's the cycle of sin that persists in our families or the pressure from our government to exclude men from being intimately involved, the strategic battle is on for the souls of men. Join us in the battle to strengthen fatherhood UrbanFamilyTalk.com. This is Poll Paree with Fox News Director of Polling, Dana Blanton. We just did a Fox News poll about social media that I want to share a few findings you might have missed. First, only 15% of voters have never had a Facebook account. 74% currently have one, and another 11% used to have a Facebook account, but don't anymore. That doesn't mean they're always posting pictures. 37% of Facebook users tell us they actively post, yet a 59% majority better described as lurkers. They mostly just read what others post. There have been a lot of recent controversies surrounding Facebook users' private info being collected. People are paying attention. 43% have considered deleting their Facebook account to protect their privacy. 54% say they haven't. Last one. Overall, there's ambivalence when assessing social media. 34% say it's a good thing for society. Almost as many think it's a bad thing. It's always a good thing for you to follow us on Twitter, at Fox News Poll. I'm Dana Blanton, and that's your Poll Paree. This is Stacy on the Right with Stacy Washington on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. This involves... The most elite universities, coaches, the SAT, the ACT, uh, this is really one of the great scandals of the 21st uh, century. Having said that, I think it's just the tip of the iceberg. Remember, this doesn't involve the super, super rich. The super, super rich buy buildings for the university. They donate hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. They don't have to worry about their kids getting in. This involves the very rich, the people who can't quite afford to give a building, but can afford to spend five or six million dollars. And once this investigation is complete, we will see that all this, this person, Singer, if the allegations are true, went over any possible line and did clearly commit crimes, and apparently he's pleading guilty, that in some respects this is a matter of degree that we will see other mini scandals involving contributions to universities 
uh, coaches who are prepared to stretch the rules. Look, at bottom, you know the fault for this lies in the fact that we've abolished grades at universities in many parts of the country. Nobody fails anymore. Because if we went back to the situation that occurred when I started teaching at Harvard uh, six, almost 60 years ago, this couldn't work because these students would fail out. It didn't pay for them to come into a college because they wouldn't make it through if they didn't have the, the, the academic resources to make it. Wow. So um, there's so much there to unpack. Welcome back to the show. If you'd like to call in and discuss anything, it's kind of, uh, you know, free for all Friday with the phones. Just call in and talk about whatever you want. 866-963-2037. 866-963-2037. Um, so, yeah, how do we, how do we process this? First of all, there's the one guy, Singer, who he was the linchpin to everything. He set up all of the different connections and, and with the coaches, he facilitated not just the payments between the parents and the schools, but he, you know, skimmed off of that because it was, he was running a business that was supposed to help kids get into these elite colleges and universities. And so he created this, the, the mechanism by which the, uh, you know, illegal acts could occur. He connected the parties who needed the services from each other. And if anything went awry, he kind of cleaned it up. And it's, uh, it's, it's stunning. The people who are involved, these coaches who, you know, a lot of times when you um, look at these programs, I know one of the things I notice is everybody's raising money. Like if there's a school uh, program and you have to pay to participate, then after you've paid your fee to participate, then there's, well, we need to raise money, you know, to, in order to keep this program running. You're always thinking, how much money do you need? Well, then you think about what this guy's been doing, what the, this, the singer guy and how he literally, he, so he just saw a need. I mean, it's, this is how small businesses are started. You see a need, you, you fill the need by, by providing a service. But this guy's providing a service that is, is a bribery scheme that it's running all over the country. And he's just running it like it's a legitimate business when it is totally illegitimate. And the people who are participating have to know it's illegal. I was actually surprised. So I didn't realize you could get jail time for, I mean, obviously you can get jail time for bribing someone. So what am I saying? But the, these women and their husbands are looking at jail time for getting paying to get their kids into these universities. This is a serious offense. So anyway, um, Alan Dershowitz describes how it's racketeering. This is how serious this is. It is a criminal enterprise that this guy Singer was running. It's number six. This is RICO, racketeering. It involves an enterprise. Obviously, the Singer Company is the enterprise. And through the enterprise, they committed these crimes of bribery, of fraud, of cheating. And RICO carries a very, very significant criminal sentence. It also has civil liability. And we're going to see this thing spread. Questions are going to raise whether the kids who got in should have their diplomas revoked. What if they got A-pluses? And what if they did very, very well? It involves, obviously, the coaches, each of whom is presumed innocent, some of whom took the money for themselves, according to this indictment, some of whom shared the money with the university. The real question is how high up in the university does this go and how high up in the SAT and ACT does this go? You know, I hope it doesn't bring about the result of abolishing 
the SAT or abolishing the ACT, that would be a terrible mistake. It would mean that kids get into universities based on who their parents are, their personalities, uh, collateral factors like race and other issues. We still need standardized testing, but now we've seen the standardized testing being corrupted itself. So, I mean, this is where it gets really bad because if, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I know I'm speaking to a certain segment of our audience that is in the throes of this or you, ha you already went through this. The, it's like nail-biting. Your kid studies, you take the PSAT, the PACT, they take that test, you get the score back, you're like, okay. Then you go pay for the tutoring, you pay for the um, test services. And if your kid's naturally good at testing, meaning they don't have anxiety about it, it's not really natural, it's, it's practice and et cetera, et cetera. But if you have a kid who's not exactly good at the standardized test, then you're taking it more than one time and you're trying to get that score up. And they say you can't increase your score by more than a couple of points. The test is meant to be an accurate barometer of what your child knows. And it, it's a real feat. Like there are people you can pay who will help you get that better score, um, but it's very expensive and they don't guarantee the results. So it's, it's a real gamble to, to pay them that money to help them get your kid's score up. But this is different than that. So if you've been through that where you've paid for the tutoring and your kid has gone through all of it and gotten the book and studied it and, you know, months on end and taken the test three or four times to hear that they just brought they, they would fly this guy in and he the proctor of the exam would participate in making sure that he could come in and doctor the kids test up so that they could increase one one kid had his ACT, his SAT lifted by 400 points, 400 points. That is unheard of. Like you can improve your SAT by some, but you 400 points. So it's, I just, oh, mm, uh, I don't have words. I don't have words for this right now. It's hard to understand what is, what they're telling us has gone on. Uh, let's go to Audrey in Texas. Audrey, thanks for calling the show today. Hi, thank you. Hi. Yeah, um, I've, I've known for a couple decades that rich people pay to get their kids in school. When I graduated in 2001, um, I went to a private school here in Texas, and I had a friend that we've been in the same class since kindergarten, and our extracurriculars, our applications were identical. You know, everything, we all had the same, we went to the same sports, did the same after-school stuff, but when it came to testing, um, I tested in the high 70 percentiles. I had like a 1240 SAT and like a 22 ACT. Hmm. And when I applied to the state schools, I didn't get accepted. But she did, even though her test scores were in the lower 30s. And um, her grandfather just happens to be a millionaire here in Texas. And I always thought it was weird that, you know, I thought that you had to work to get into the schools. But mm -hmm. apparently, no, you don't have to work to get into schools. You just got to have a rich daddy. Well, you know? and, uh, I mean, now I, that, that story you're telling... Wow. So you're telling the story from this happened to you. You knew the girl. You knew what her test scores were because y'all were friends. So you literally have the walking living example of her getting into a school you couldn't get into. And probably maybe her parents donated something or helped build a building or, you know, they have some bricks named after them someplace. And since you couldn't do that, you couldn't get in. This is something that really it it goes to the foundation of what we say here in America. Right, Audrey, that. We earn our way in. It's a meritocracy. I, I, that that's not exactly true, right? No, yeah, because I mean, 
everything on our application was, was identical except for our parents' bankroll, you know. And mm. test scores didn't matter because I had good test scores and she had. She didn't. Actually, <laughs> it's, I'm ashamed to admit this, but her first year in school, I actually did her online homework for her. Um, <laughs> wow. You know, she said, hey, I have this class. Can you help me out? And, I mean, we've known each other since we were five. So I'm like, sure. So I did her yeah. online homework for her because she couldn't do it. She couldn't stay in the school. She actually ended up getting flunking out and having to go to a lesser school. But, but again, that is what you would expect with the test scores you said she had. And, you know, th- she didn't have the test scores to be there. Right. She, she, did not, she didn't have the test scores to be there. She didn't have the scholarship ability to perform at that school level. She should have gone to a community school and gotten her basics and then, you know, gone to a higher education. But she went straight to one of the big ones. Wow. Audrey, thank you for sharing that story. Um, wow. That is just... All right. All right. I'm sure Audrey is one of many, many, many people around this country who have stories to share that are similar to that. Um, let's go to Nicole in Arkansas. Hey, Nicole, thanks for calling the show today. Hi, Stacey. I love this show. I love you. Okay, oh, so, thank um, you. I was, just, I was just reading up because I was like, Lori from Full House, I don't even watch TV anymore, but I'm like, she must have been a big deal. And then she I started was. thinking, she's not the one that married the uncle, the real pretty girl that was like all uppity up and just like standing for something. And I looked at, mm-hmm. all I did was type Lori in Google and it came up. Um, but were you shocked to see her freaking, face? Because <laughs> I was. I was uh, like, yes, not I, her. I was, not her. I was, I was. She was not the her, sweetest not one, her. not then, her. No, oh I know. So then, so then I was reading about it and it literally says online in a couple of different places that Isabella and Olivia are deciding not to go back to school because of the bullying. And they will not be pursuing their college um, academics from this point on either. And <laughs> so I'm just like, Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking some places might not be updated, right? Well, um, but the, the, the truth is, is that whatever's done in the dark is going to come out in the light. I did yes. read that Felicity Huffman is also included on this, or was that a typo somewhere? No, no, that's true, Nicole. Yes, Felicity Huffman. So I, I knew her name was familiar, but like you, we don't watch any live TV anymore. Everything we watch is, it's like you, you buy a season of it on Amazon. We don't have Netflix anymore. So we, I'm so far removed from the fact that they have resurrected that show for the first one, Lori. She now has, the show was back on Hallmark. They basically brought it back with her as the adult and, all of her kids. And so it's like full house part two, or I don't know what it's called, but they've already canceled that. Um, but the Felicity Hoffman, she has been in so many things I've seen like on TV and movies. So when I pulled it up and I saw her face, I was like, wait, so I, I went to another website and I was like, it can't be this chick. It is the, it, it's these two squeaky clean chicks from Hollywood. The ones you would least expect of doing anything that are the, that are knee deep in this thing. Yeah. Okay, so you said that um, Target Target's not doing so good as far as business goes because they're they're confused about whose bathroom is whose. Because that's that's a nice way to put it for me. Um, <clears throat> so Massimo, which is a great line, are mm-hmm. you saying that they're that they're no longer doing great business? And you know, oh well, Lori's in the Hallmark Channel. She's not in Hollywood. She's not on HBO or Showtime or well, but the Hallmark, Hallmark Channel so. is huge. It, the Hallmark Channel is huge. It is. It is. Yes, huge it's huge. And it she's, huge they just dropped her. And now uh, Target hasn't made an announcement about Massimo. 
because I think they're in too deep with that guy to let that go. I mean, it, they would have to literally empty out a third of all the closing racks in every single department of clothes to get rid of Massimo. So I don't know what they're going to do about that. But uh, Sephora dropped the daughter who was just an influencer with them. And she had a little makeup line that she would do these little Instagram posts on, which they're not little. She has like over a million followers on Instagram, but she would do those from her dorm room and it was geared towards college students who were the main people who are on her, her site. So she's not gonna be in college anymore. And she got there by hook or by crook. Sephora has already detached. So this is, this is devastating for their family. And I'm, I can't be happy about it. I'm really disappointed. Squeaky clean. You know, it just makes you wonder, is there anybody left in Hollywood who's not like got something going on. First it was me too. Now it's this. Um, let's take one more call. Jacob in Tennessee. Hey, Jacob. Thanks for calling the show today. Happy Friday. Well, happy Friday to you. How you feel, sis? I'm feeling better. Thank you for asking. My oh. nose is no longer stuffed up, and I don't have any fake vapor rub on today. That <laughs> 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 might be too much information. <laughs> That's how we grew up. And, you know, yes. and they would put on a chest and in our mouth. Yes, and all down like a slick from your forehead down. And sometimes your lips would be involved. You're like, don't put it on my lips. And it would just, and then straight over your neck and then a hot cloth over your chest with an underneath. I'm telling you, I didn't go that far, but yeah, I did Lord. wear a lot. <laughs> yeah, I got something for you and ask the Lord to help me say this to you with the right heart and the right spirit because of the, you know, the nature of what's going on. Okay, now, Miss um, 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 Obama's wife cannot never practiced uh, law in Illinois. And uh, Obama did some things about him, too, as well. But the fact is, those Hollywood people did not spend enough time with their children. Mm-mm. So you spending time with your children, that makes a difference. Because well, it does. Have to, have to but it helps us to know them. So, you know, the, the other part about not... Uh, applying to these elite colleges and universities is I already know it's not a good fit for the way our kids like they're who they are as a person. And um, I don't know how much time these women from Hollywood spent with their kids, you know, but I, I would say they didn't really know their kids if they thought their kids wanted to go to these really academically rigorous institutions where super smart kids who've studied and have done well and everything still go there and have to spend hours and hours and hours to study to get a degree because it's actually really difficult. And that's not a statement in the negative against anyone's kids who aren't going there. It's just an acknowledgement that these schools are very, very difficult. And our kids are going to a, you know, a STEM school. It's pretty difficult and they spend a lot of time doing homework, but they're used to that because they've been doing that their entire high school careers. So I'm just saddened for these kids. Um, we'll be back with more. But if you're leaving us now, God bless you. Have a fantastic weekend. If you're sticking around, onenewsnow.com news and information is up next.